Welcome to the Citizens Web 3 podcast. I'm your host, Brandon D'Artagnan. Today's guest is the mayor, the host from the NFT Chill and Podcast, and he's graciously offered to kickstart this podcast with being our first guest speaker. And I got to say, at the very least, I am extremely humbled, thankful, and excited. His podcast was nominated NFT NYC Best NFT Media of 2022. The mayor is a Web3 and NFT consultant at GuidePoint Global Surge Expect Marketplace, event speaker, contributor at Windrop.io, and Twitter Spaces host. He's a panelist speaker at Web3 events in both the US and internationally, and has been a guest speaker in over a dozen NFT and Web3 podcasts. Today, I'm sitting down with him to discuss decentralized finance, the future of NFTs as a utility, and we'll catch up on his visit last month to the Global NFT Summit in London as a panelist speaker. Please join me in welcoming the mayor to the podcast. All right, Ty, thanks for joining us. I really appreciate your time. Had a couple of questions today just to get the, the podcast rolling. I think we'll just bust it down and we'll start it out with just how did you get started in the Web3 space? Just give us a little bit of background so the listeners have a little bit of uh, baselining of who you are and where you come from. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, thank you so much for having me on on the podcast, dude. Um, you know, I'm happy to help you get this kicked off. Yeah, I appreciate um, that, buddy. You know, we've been hanging out in discords and Twitter for I don't know how long. So it's good to have a face to face. But yeah, I got into, um, you know, Web3 and crypto and kind of by way of the stock market. Um, you know, I was big in investing and then cryptocurrency came along in like 2009 and I got in a few years later, um, yeah. probably about three, four years later. And then all this stuff started happening with like Doge and uh, AMC and GameStop. And it was kind of like our way of like fighting back against you know, the banks and the institutions and the way the financial system has been going for the past, you know, hundred years or so. Forever. Yeah. And, you know, Web3 cryptocurrency NFTs is kind of, I mean, like, that's like what it's about, um, taking the middleman out of everything and giving it to the retail investors, the people, the community, the world. Um, so, you know, that kind of spoke to me and, I started checking out some NFTs and some friends were showing me, you know, some projects and NFTs. And I got involved pretty heavy with Basefish Mafia. And I, my background is in like e-commerce marketing, social media management. So I told them, you know, they had, uh, their Instagram had only a, a couple hundred followers. And I was like, you know, let me take this over and I'll show you what I can do. Mm -hmm. And then we can go from there. So uh, within like a week, I think I had it up to a thousand um, wow. organically. That's incredible. Yeah. So uh, like really, that's know, that's no that's no small feat. Yeah. 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 It's uh, it's definitely a grind. But then from there, I became the social media manager and the community manager as well. And uh, yeah, it was. I mean, it, it's a great project. It's a ton of work. Web three. But around October, I think I went into Web three full time and started getting on podcasts i've been on probably eight or nine podcasts now and people started telling me you should start your own so um in last december i started the nft and chill podcast and it quickly blew up which i wasn't expecting and uh that's really thanks to the community and the listeners they've been incredible and they support the hell out of the show so 
Yeah, I mean, we got nominated Best NFT Media at the NFT NYC Awards. Just accolades up the yin-yang, so we're in the top, like, 2% of all known podcasts globally, so. That's incredible. Yeah, every time I I think about those stats, I look at some of the other um, podcasts, just the podcasts that are in our space, right? And and I can think of a couple of them that were really successful, but none, like, they all fail in comparison uh, to to your podcast, you know, and how quickly... You kind of came up and I, I think I just want to touch on the point and from my point of view, I think the way, and I think you kind of touched on it a minute, uh, but I'll just sort of piggyback on it, but is the community part. And we talk about web two a lot in the space about how it's, it's the big corporation, you know, the big, uh, the big digitech and everything that just, you know, has been using our data, you know, for, you know, almost two decades, you know, we're the product. And I feel like, you know, and you can probably agree to this, that, you know, web three kind of give, it gives back to that community. Um, and I feel that people are not necessarily desperately, but they're eagerly looking for information on this space and, you know, people that they can trust. So, uh, so I really appreciate that background and that history. Web two is more macro and like people all over the place, but web three has become more, a little bit more togetherness and kind of, you know, people supporting each other and just, it's very much community and brands projects and even corporations have to kind of adhere to that when they come into the space which is pretty cool yeah it'll be interesting to see how um the web 2 sort of marketing machine interacts with web 3 you know in the coming months and years right yeah its track record so far is not great (laughs) yeah i heard recently on another podcast i was listening to and they were talking about i think it might have been on your podcast uh, maybe the last couple episodes somewhere you know, talking about how Web 2 tried to do a Web 2.5 and come into the space and, and they tried to use Web 2 sort of marketing tactics and just failed and flopped. Yeah, it's difficult to do that because, you know, in Web 3, you need to have somebody who can nurture the community, like be a part of the Discord, uh, Twitter's, Twitter, Twitter spaces, and just kind of be there constantly. And that might take a couple of people to do. And you really have to sell people like it's like a peer to peer transaction and you're selling people on why they need to come into your community. So it's it's very different from Web 2 where it's like a macro sense where you can put banners up in ads and kind of just set it and forget it sort of. And that doesn't really work in Web 3 because people want to hear your story. They want to hear who you are, the founders and why you're doing this and, and like the future of the project and the mission and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's different for sure. It definitely will be important to see how the Web two community sort of, sort of organically gets into the Web three space, which they will. They'll have to by attrition. If we look back at Web one, you know, we look at newspapers and um, you know magazines. They they had to go to the digital space, right? So I think that same sort of transition, that same sort of paradigm shift is happening again, right? Yeah, absolutely. Hey, uh, I definitely wanted to talk about. I think that one of the big topics I wanted to discuss today on this session or this episode rather is the global NFT summit. But before I do, uh, and I know you've heard this probably at least a hundred times and you, and I know I've heard you say this story at least three or four times. Uh, yeah. but I think it's applicable to the people that are, you know, curious about this space on the fence, you know, scratching your head. Should I, should I investigate? And you have just a very, very, organic old school story that relates to today. Could you tell us a story about your grandpa? Yeah, see, my father always kind of tells me the story and it it's like what people thought when Facebook first hit or Google, Amazon, 
the internet, um, AOL.com, all of that. When people see something that's new and that they don't understand, um, and that like something like Web3 or NFTs or crypto, they immediately are kind of hesitant because they don't understand it. And my grandfather, a long time ago, we had uh, the neighbor came, you know, we're going to check out this restaurant um, chain and we're going to invest. You should come with us. So the two families got together. They went down to the restaurant. You know, they all sat at the table. They were, they ordered. And my grandfather took one bite of the hamburger and was like, this is never going to take off. And he said to the families, like, come on, we're getting out of here. <laughs> and <laughs> that uh, restaurant chain was McDonald's. Yeah, um, far out. So, and it was very, very early. So I'm not a millionaire today and neither is the family, but he did very well in like the stop and shop chain in uh, sure. New England. But yeah, it's just when people see something that's like bright and shiny and they don't understand it, it's uh, it can be difficult. Everybody in this space had that, you know, but it might've been years ago for us, but we still were like, you know, what is this? Yeah, look, I think, and thank you for, for giving that, um, that example and telling that story, you know, for the hundred thousandth time that you've done, <laughs> you know, and I think it just relates to, to a story that I have not so much a story, but you know, my grandpa, you know, my grandpa, you know, probably came from the same time era, same background, same old school. Uh, he had a mentality, you know, I'm not saying he would have invested in McDonald's, but you know, he, he had a mentality of, you know, take risks, you know, fail fast and get it over with and figure out how to do the right thing. And I translate that into the Web3 space right now. And I know you're going to smile when I say this because I smile every single time is that we're early. We are so <laughs> early. Yeah, so stupid early. We, we can take chances, you know, you know, from a monetary perspective, just like any other investment, don't spend any more, you know, that you uh, can can stand to, you know, to lose. But that being said, get in, test the waters, test out what's going on. Do your hundred hours of research, like Gary Vee always says, you know, and fail and fail fast and wash it under the under the rug and, and figure out a new way forward. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, a lot of people get started with YouTube and YouTube is a great place to mm. to learn about, you know, the entire space, crypto, DeFi, staking, liquidity pools, NFTs, I mean anything. Um, if you know where to look and you take everything that you're looking into with a grain of salt, but a really great channel is called Whiteboard Crypto, and they do it really awesome breaking stuff down. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. We'll make sure to leave that in the description below uh, for that because I do think I remember you hearing you talk about that in one of your one of your uh, episodes. I just don't think I've had a chance to take a look at that. Yeah. Look. So just as we kind of plug right through this, I wanted to see if we can get. I know you went to the Global NFT Summit recently last month and you were a panelist speaker, guest speaker. You did some interviews and uh, I know we don't have all the time today in this episode to talk about everything that you went through and, and that uh, you experienced. But could you give us some high level, you know, tidbits of, um, you know, maybe sound bites of what you took away as key components? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the Global NFT Summit was in London and, mm. uh, you know, I do a lot of work with Web3 and NFT consulting with a couple different agencies and also kind of freelance on my own as well. So they reached out to me and they wanted me to jump on their panel. And honestly, the summit was incredible. I don't know if it was, you know, just like Europe, but it was it was an international summit. There was a lot of people from all over the world. 
But the cool thing about it is it was very focused on the information, um, education, innovation, uh, networking. It, you know, it, it was it was a good time, but it wasn't like a party scene like maybe NFT NYC is. Yeah. Um, and conferences that do that, that at least don't appear to be a cash grab um, and are actually focused on the education and and all of that is the ones you want to be at. You know, if you if you're hoping to have a career in Web3, which is, you know, the place to be, um, there's going to be millions of jobs in the coming years. Yeah. You know, those are the places you want to be at. So you can network with the right people. You can get contacts. You can, you know, even if you're a collector and you're not wanting a career, getting to meet the people that you're connecting with on a daily basis in Twitter, in Discord and all of that. That's very cool as well. Yeah, and I just I got to meet a lot of great people from different projects and learn about some projects that I didn't know were on, weren't on my radar. Plus, London was incredible. Definitely one of my favorite cities now. And then I got I got to meet this really cool street artist who is pretty famous around the world. And he transitioned into NFTs in January. And he had this like little shop on the East End, like at the bottom of a building. It was like, <laughs> and it was an NFT shop, like where he did physical and digital stuff. That was very cool. Uh, his name's a Adrian Boswell. So yeah, I, I it's something that I enjoy. Uh, I was at DecentralCon Austin, where I spoke there, and then the DeFi Summit, which is online. I did the Digital Currency Summit. So yeah, it's been a, it's been a busy couple months with the speaking stuff. Sounds like it. Yeah, I saw that, um, that interview you did with Adrian, and it, First thing it struck me was like, wow, okay, cool. Um, you know, when I see, so the, I guess the, um, the folks that you have interviewed, you've sort of interviewed people from 19 all the way up into, you know, close to retirement, you know, and it, that just, that's sort of a really good feeling when I see this because it makes me feel like really this space appeals to just about any age demographic and artists from all walks of life, right? To see him come off the street from doing all that street artwork. And, you know, and I saw some of his, it was around, it was around mushrooms and stuff, right? He liked it was this broccoli. And that's what broccoli, brought my eye. That's right. I was like walking to a store from close to the summit. And I, I just saw this like setup, and I'm like, okay, I got to check this out. I, I just did like an on the spot interview with my phone. <laughs> yeah. And it was very cool. Yeah. yeah. If you're talking about age, um, I mean, this space appeals to everybody, whether you're 18 to 60, and I've met people from all of the spectrum. And even at the Global NFT Summit, um, I got to meet the kid who was the founder and creator of Weird Whales, wow. 13 years old, um, millionaire. <laughs> so, wow. yeah, I mean, he's 13 years old and he created a very successful NFT project. So That's something to be said. Yeah, I'll make sure to leave the link uh, below in the, in the, uh, in the notes section. Uh, with that interview that you did with him, because I think um, our listeners should have a have a look at that. How do you see the space going in in terms of NFT? Not so much Web three, but in NFTs. I mean, I you know I know we we've talked a lot about what's called utility, right? And that utility. How can we we mean the the collectors and the the traders? How do we get like a real world tangible item uh, associated with that digital art? And I know some of the utilities that we have today, but like, where do you see from the time that you've been working on this and your experience and your background, what do you see as sort of um, a game changer? And it's not to say that it will happen, but you're just sort of looking in your own little crystal ball going, I think these might be 
some really uh, helpful utilities in the future. Yeah, um, you know, utility is just another word for use case or essentially it can mean perk in the NFT uh, space as well. So, mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot out there um, in terms of like breakthrough stuff. I see it more on like a worldwide level, something like that's not flashy, like, you know, proof of ownership and transfer of ownership. That's probably the biggest thing that's going to propel this this whole thing into mainstream, you know, something that can authenticate art or a pair of sneakers or, you know, a watch, a car that has like, you know, a, a log attached to it instead of using like Kelly Blue Book or all that nonsense. Yeah. You actually have something verifiable, authentic that can't be duplicated. You know, it's not sexy stuff, but <laughs> that's the stuff that's going to make this mainstream. Now, on, on the other stuff, it's really about what, you know, you, the individual collector or community member is looking for. You know, do you want stuff like art, posters? That's yeah. some utility that I got. Are you looking for access to a community like a sporting team or a music where you get to their releases first or concerts? You know, that's one thing as well. There's the gaming aspect. Uh, the space right now is 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 down. You know, we need more new people coming in. We need the projects to get better. Um, we need them to have plans and manage money better. And, you know, it's just, it's really about what you're looking for in the space and what you consider important. You know, if you like t-shirts and stuff like that, there's a, a project for you. If you like comic books, there's a project for you. If you like animated series or movies, you know, it's Web3 is about taking out the middleman and hopefully the consumers like us can yeah. give suggestions and those projects take those suggestions. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. It seems like the more I learn about NFTs and utilities, sky's the limit, right? There is no limitation on what we can do with these NFTs. And when I start hearing about the deed to a house, how you can have your medical records in an NFT rather than going you know, and having one doctor uh, email or fax information to another specialist and, you know, and waiting up to so many days that you can actually take your NFT to the new specialist that, you know, you got recommended to and there's all your, your medical records. And then I heard most recently, uh, which I thought was hits right now at like web 2.5 is deed to a house. Like somebody sold a house as an NFT in, in February. In February. Okay. Yeah. So you, you're familiar. Yeah. That just, that mind's blown when I start seeing things like that. Hey, one last thing I wanted to discuss with you, uh, before we end the show is rug pulls. I, I have two opinions about rug pulls and then I want to hand it over to you. So when I first heard about rug pull, you know, that being baselining, you know, what most people think of a rug pull is where a person or a group of people start a project, they maintain a project, get a lot of hype around it. They sell a lot of NFTs. They make the floor go up uh, and they make a lot of coin and then they just run, right? And they don't leave the community of collectors, of traders, anywhere else to go. So that devaluates the NFT down to almost nothing sometimes. Now, that's one train of thought. Now, someone else said in, uh, this may have been someone on your podcast. I've listened to so many of them. Someone else said it may not actually have been that they did it maliciously with intent that they just weren't really a good business 
owner and they couldn't run a good business because make no mistake, when you start an NFT project, you're starting a business. What's your take on uh, the whole rug pool? Yeah, I mean, there's the the teams and people that go into it knowing they're going to rug pull. Those are things that you can usually spot if you, mm. you know, the biggest thing is to, is to always do your own research and be patient in the space. If you get scammed, if, you know, anything like that happens, it's usually because people are moving too quickly. Uh, they're not double checking their links. They're not, you know, they're clicking on something extremely fast in a message and or because they don't want to miss out there's always going to be opportunities so yeah there's the teams that go into it knowing they're going to rug pull and you know they're you know they're not showing their faces that's not always something but they don't like to answer questions they don't have solid plans or missions going forward and then there is the teams that they didn't realize how difficult it is to not only build a community get your project to launch sell that project out but also maintain that project because if you have three to four thousand people who bought your nft you then have to sustain that community for years to come um and that's a 24 7 gig so there are the people that pull out because they didn't realize how much hard work there was and there's also the people that mismanage funds uh in the project because they don't have a business sense so yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a variety of, of rug pulls that happen. And then, you know, there's also, there's different ways that uh, that can happen. Just don't ever invest money that you can't afford to lose True. and just do your research. That's the biggest thing. And invest in what you want to invest in. If you do like art, yeah. if you, um, the digital art doesn't get damaged, then you can take it anywhere. So invest in some really cool artists one-in-one artists where their pieces aren't that much money and it's cool to collect and to have and hopefully one day maybe they do blow up but yeah and just to, you know get into what you what you enjoy all right cool i appreciate that um anything else you wanted to add before we top off the show no i just uh you know if you want to check out the nft and chill podcast i would appreciate that so make sure you subscribe to uh the citizens web podcast and you know the biggest thing for your listeners, if they want to help out the show, you know, supporting the show is writing reviews for the show. That's a huge help. So give the give uh, our man here a review. I appreciate you, Ty. We'll definitely leave the links to uh, your podcast, uh, NFT and Chill, as well as uh, some of the, the interviews that you sort of gave up or interviewed rather uh, over in London. But I really appreciate your time and really, really appreciate you kickstarting this podcast. And uh, have a good day, man. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, buddy. That's a wrap, folks. Thanks for tuning in to today's session. Don't forget to follow the show and our guest speakers on the socials listed in the comments below. See you next time.